Hello, welcome to uh, another McLaren fans podcast. Um, we're back after um, a little break over the summer, but some holidays and everything else. Uh, this week, I'm joined by, as always, Sarah. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And uh, we, we've got two guests this week, um, friends of the podcast, obviously. Uh, Mark Taylor, hello. Evening, everyone. And Andy Robinson, hello again. Good, good evening, everyone. Are they are they our special friends now, Andy? Yes, they, they're almost like co-hosts, aren't they? They've been on that. They one. are. We could call them that, in fact. We we might do. Let's do that. Yeah, I've been called a lot worse. You're fine. Beginning with C as well. Clever. Yeah, maybe something like that. Anyway, let's crack on. So, um, this is our 50th episode. Wow, do I get a prize? You get no prizes, no medals, (laughs) nothing. Um, We did our first one on the 7th of September 2020. Uh, It was just me and Sarah. We we weren't brave enough to ask for guests at that point. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we started it sort of during the lockdowns in the UK when the F1 came back on and we were still essentially, you know, we couldn't travel to go to races at that point. So um, between some chats with me and Sarah, we decided, wouldn't it be great if we started a podcast to talk about things in McLaren like we would do normally at races and hopefully get some of our friends on there to do the same along the way. I, I for one, never thought that we'd hit Five podcasts, never mind 50. So that's quite impressive. Um, and obviously, thanks for everybody out there who's uh, been listening. Um, however, things have changed slightly <clears throat> since then. Obviously, we can now go to races. We can meet up with people and we can chat uh, in, in real life now. Um, so we kind of thought, well, how does this affect what we were doing <clears throat> with the podcast? And what we found was we obviously we're trying to cover every race, but what we really want to kind of do is basically chat about McLaren and whether that's racing, whether that's about uh, driver changes, new livery, um, t-shirts, kit releases, anything McLaren that's any been rubbish, any McLaren rubbish, basically. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, we want to do that. We want to cover a little bit more of historic McLaren as well and kind of talk a little bit about that in the future. And mainly because of that, we thought, well, we don't really want to be tied to race weekends. Yep. So uh, until the end of this year, we're going to, we're going to basically um, have maybe one to two podcasts a month, same amount of time, but with a couple more guests on and cover a variety of sort of subjects um you know what's topical and maybe some historic stuff as well we also want you to get involved we want you to tweet us or send us some emails send us your stories and we'd also like you to like you to come on the podcast and be our guests um the more the merrier we've made lots of friends uh old and new um through doing this and you know what would be great is at some point we all end up going races together and we've you know 
there's a community because of this podcast. That would be brilliant. That would be the perfect thing to happen. So if we can afford it, that would be lovely. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And hopefully uh, you out there all keep listening as well. And that's one of the important things. So um, I just thought I'd start off with that and say thank you very much for everybody who's listened. And we do intend to keep going on, but in a slightly different way. So, and now for something completely different. I'd just add to that, Andy, that, you know, uh, sometimes we've had a few criticisms about whether we're prepared, whether we've talked enough about practice or bits of the race or this and that. But we've always maintained that... Always have a list. Always have a running order. Always always have a badly spelt agenda of some description. Yes. But, But for us, it was more about being together as friends and it was meant to replace chit chat that you'd have down the pub or on the phone or when you saw someone it was never meant to be a professional podcast it's a mclaren fans podcast the thing that links us all is that we're fans of mclaren and if you don't like that in the words of hot fuzz jog on and go somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) this is what we're here for just just friends chatting about mclaren nicely and and also we'd like new friends chat about McLaren. yeah as long as they like mclaren yes so there you go so um yeah on this week's show we're going to talk drivers obviously we're going to talk a little bit about monza and spa um and we're also going to talk about um you know some of the things that the fia f1 could change in relation to um, sort of how we can make the, the racing at the end of uh, races like we saw at Monza a little bit more better, a bit more spectacular and everything else like that. So we'll, we'll get into a bit of that as well. So let's start. Since our last podcast, obviously McLaren have announced Danny Ricciardo is leaving us. Um, whether or not you agree or disagree, with the way it was handled is kind of a personal opinion for people, I guess. Um, however, you know, do we, what do we think of that? What do we think of Dan going? That's, uh, you know, Andy, what, what's your thoughts? Go for it. I, I'm a, where I'm a DR3 shirt. So my loyalties are, are pretty open. I'm a McLaren fan first, the driver second. So um, I don't, I, I think he tried. I think he really tried and we tried a lot. Um, we tried a lot to get things working. We gave him a lot of time. Yep. Every race last year, we were saying he's finding his feet, he's finding the car, the car doesn't suit him. Yep. And I've used that saying every race this year as well. Um, and I, I, I kind of I want Oscar to do brilliantly. I think as a young driver coming in, big change for Lando, having to be like the number one to marshal a team behind him uh, but I'm gutted for Dan in lots of ways I I wish he found his feet I wish he found a, a couple more results rather than he had one great result don't get me wrong one amazing result but, do you know when that was Andy do you know when it was um, I think it might have been 365 days ago. it is actually and oh, I wait. wish you a happy we won a race anniversary because it was today yes if if he'd had, I know he had, he's had a bet one better result than Lando for the whole of his career at McLaren, but 
he only had one really good result. Lando's had podium, 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 podium. Even this year, he's had a podium. Yep. Um, I, I I just wish Dan had found his feet. I really do. I'd, I'd love to be singing Dan's praises right now, but I I think he just struggled in the car. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. And do you know what? It's really hard because I, I get when you're saying there, I've been making excuses. I've been make, saying those phrases. Oh, you know, he's just getting used to this. He's just getting used to that. We've all been doing that because we like him so bloody much. If he was just some tosspot that we'd got into the team that we didn't care about, we wouldn't be wanting him to do well. I think between the four of us, when we've talked about this, we've given him more rope than we'd give anyone else. We've given him more chances, more favourable comments. If that was anyone else, we'd be like, oh, man, you know, why is it taking them so long to get used to the car? I mean, no offence. We watched Nick DeFries get in a car yesterday and drive the socks off of it, right? It's, it's, I really like Daniel Ricciardo. I'll be sorry to see him go. I'm sorry the relationship didn't work out. But when it doesn't work out, something has to change and a divorce was necessary, you know? What do you think, Mark? Do you agree with those kind of statements? I, I agree with everything that you say. And I think I said on the podcast last year that, you know, even sort of before and since the the the, the, the Monza win, that there were times when, let, let's be quite honest, some of his form was a bit disappointing. You know, we, we brought him in as a multiple race winner, multiple podium winner, someone who was competing for championships in, you know, when, when Red Bull weren't as good as, as weren't as good as they are now. And we really wanted him to hit the ground running and to be consistent. You know, I think it's time to be honest, he hasn't shown the consistency that, that we would like him to have done. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll celebrate the way the race winner no and hopefully in a year's time we'll be, it won't be two years since we won a race next year. But you know, we'll, we'll probably still be talking about it as as a historic race for for, for McLaren. But you know, let, let, let's be honest, he he probably didn't perform as I think certainly the four of us and maybe the broader McLaren fan base would would have would like him to have performed. Yeah, I'm just gonna um, just on one point there. I, I saw quite an interesting snippet of an interview with Will Buxton and Jack Villeneuve. And normally, I wouldn't give anything Jack Villeneuve says the time of day, because he is a bit of a mouth, right? But he is a bit blunt, so you do get the truth. Well, he, he, he said, Daniel Ricciardo has not been a good driver since he left Red Bull. And I sat there and thought, okay. Then he went on to justify it, saying that in four years, he's had, he struggled at um, Renault, which is now Alpine, yep, um, and had a, a a one-off result where he won a race for two years. Then he's jumped ship to McLaren, where he struggled at McLaren, had a one-off blip of a fantastic race, and won it. And is it the fact that he just can't get on with a car that's not a Red Bull? And that's a very good point. You know, actually, if you look at it, those those two wins, if you take them out of the equation and look at yeah. them as outliners, his last four years, his results have been pretty shocking for a race-winning driver. You could yeah. put that down to the car, you could put it down to development, you could put it down to anything. But what, like you say, when you see somebody like Dravice jumping in a car, doing pretty well with it, um, you know, in in... Also, you know, in those four years, Lando's gone from a rookie that you thought, 
or if you get some points, that'll be really good to thinking, this guy can win races at some point. This guy's got talent. I, I and... remember being in MTC. Do you remember when we were there and we were at that event and Stoffel was there, Andy? Yeah. Stoffel and Lando and, and Chris Lawton was on stage interviewing them and we got to shout out questions. And, you know, we're pretty vocal. We shout out questions. And one of the questions Lando was asked was, are you ready to become a McLaren F1 driver next year if that happens? Because at the time he, he was our reserve driver. He was really humble and sheepish and like, oh, well, you know, uh, I'd probably be ready, you know, but I don't know. I don't know really, you know, I'll just wait and see what happens. Whereas other drivers are quite balls out, aren't they? You know, like, yes, I am the best driver in the world, you know, and all of that. And he and he wasn't like that at all. Um, and when you look at how much he's grown up in the last three years, four years yeah. maybe now, you know, I mean, he, he looks a lot older as well, which makes me feel better because when I had a photo with him, it was like having a photo with a child, you know. Uh, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> but... Um, He's grown up into this role and he said he didn't get on with the car this year. He had to make adjustments and changes to his style. So it really shows what a superstar he is. Andy, shoot. Did I miss Danny Rick winning for Renault? No. He had had an outlying result, which was better than his bad results. Um, I just want to say what Zach's done. Zach is a businessman. Yep. He's transformed our, our team. The sponsors, the way that everything's approached. Look, you cannot look at a millimetre of the car without there being a, a sticker on there for a, a massive sponsor. And we've got loads of massive sponsors. He's made a business decision. And that hasn't come overnight just to get rid of Danny Rick. Probably for the whole season, he's been coaching him and saying, you need to start getting better results. You need to be achieving this, getting 10, getting ninth, getting in the points, getting through to Q3. He, any business manager does that to their their team and they'll coach them through to try try getting them because no one wants to fire someone it's costly to start with and then having to replace them is costly as well but he'd have been trying to coach him and trying to get him through and he's finally had to make the decision and he's made the strong decision and he's got a a replacement with great potential we we have a driver that could win the world championship tomorrow if we gave him the car and we have a driver that could win it in five years time if we give him a car it's, yeah. it's, it's great choices i i can't fault what zach brown's done and and he hasn't done it in any other way but a purely business great way of doing it and he's getting some stick for that isn't he on twitter have you read that guys all the all the not necessarily daniel ricardo fans but certainly seems to be the younger audience saying oh he's a snake he's you know he's not but They've got to remember uh, he's a businessman and there's a, there's a business decision and there's a board behind this as well. You know, Zach takes instructions. Um, and I think, yeah, I think he had to do something. Um, this is the way it's always been in F1 with drivers. Yep. You don't That's storm, why. you're going to lose your seat. doesn't matter if you missed a nice guy. <clears throat> oh, shit. Yep. You go in. That's why there's a contracts board for these reasons, because this shit happens. Sorry, Mark, you were trying to talk. No, I was going to say, just to, just to add to what, to what Andy said, and I hope this isn't the, the, the case, we, we know F1 drivers make a lot of money anyway, and they're, they're, and they're not just in the, in, in the seat in the seats for that. But I think it was fairly well documented that when 
Danny Rick left Red Bull. You know, he he was offered a lot of money by Renault. He would have been offered a lot of money by but by us as well. Um, maybe the amount maybe took a little bit of edge off him, and he and he wasn't didn't didn't have that hunger like he used to. And even just little things like we think back to sort of his yeah. little radio snippets when he was at, when he was at Red Bull. You know, they've they've been a, an awful lot tamer over the last couple of years than than then, and and maybe he's just lost the edge himself over the last couple of years. Yeah, there's there's an element of that. Let me throw a random one in there. I know we, we were going to mention Nick DeFries, but let me just throw this in here. Nick DeFries used to be a McLaren junior driver. For whatever reason, we parted ways with him. He has won GP2 or Formula 2, as we call it now. He has won Formula E. He has driven in world endurance and he has been very good. Would he have been a good person to throw into our car? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of say... We will see in time because it looks like these. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up. I'm gonna back it up. Um, obviously, we, you know, he was in our driver program. Um, we've had other drivers that have come through our driver program and equally done as well in lower formulas. Stoffel Van Dorn, K Mag. I'd say K Mag was just a little bit maybe unfortunate with the situation with. Alonso and stuff like that. So timing, yeah. Timing. Um, so I I'd be I'd say the jury's out until he actually does something in another car, probably a Williams next year. And I'd say that it's still a even though we've taken uh Pasteri to come in, it's still a risk. It's still a risk, but I you know, it's a hell of a lot of a less risk than having a seven-time winning driver getting a lot of money to having a rookie come in, you can give them a bit of slack and a bit of coaching and yeah. maybe the, maybe they can learn as well. And maybe that's the part of the issue that Dan's style just doesn't fit how these new cars work and how they, how they all break and everything else like that. Yeah, um, I think there's, a, there's one big thing to remember with Nick DeFries is he was in Formula E for Mercedes last year. We've just brought Kit and Caboodle, Mercedes Formula E team. We literally are rebranding everything. We would have had primary options on Stoffel and Nick's contracts for next year, and we haven't renewed either of them. As far as I know, I don't, I don't think either of them are racing for us next year, as far as I know. Um, uh, I, I, I believe Rene Rast has been in, you know, but I haven't seen yeah. anything about Stoffel at all. Um, yeah. If if Zach liked Nick or Stoffel, one of them would have a contract, surely. So let's turn that around on something you said earlier. Zach's a businessman. It's about business decisions, cold-hearted business decisions. But you've just said if Zach liked them. But part of that business decision is you've got to like the person as well. You don't do business with people that you do not like. I'm with Andy. I don't know. Surely you I, do. Surely no. you hire someone you don't like that's a real bastard that's going to win a race. Surely that's a business decision, no? No, because that one, per, that one person can be that person that upsets the whole apple cart. That can We've be the Ronaldo it. in the Man United dressing room. He's going to go, Fernando. Yeah, we've seen drivers Gino. not be team drivers. They've been individuals and and they've paid off their team, their their mechanics mortgage to make sure the mechanics loyal to them, not to the other driver. 
we, we've seen it all happen in the past and it doesn't bode well for the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Good discussion, guys. It is like we're down the pub, but no, no beer. But... <laughs> <laughs> it is only um, Monday. Yeah. Right. Well, obviously, we know Dan's gone. And so we've got Oscar uh, Piastri, another Australian, who's coming in. So, Mark, thoughts on that? I think we'll again. The jury's out until until we actually get him in the car and see what he can do. Um, I think for so far as choices were concerned, was it down to him between him and Colton Herter? I don't know. Um, I think with Piastri, they've they've probably got someone who is pretty good. But going back to what we were talking about before, Zach being a businessman, I reckon he'd be sort of the cut price option for the time being, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Colton Herter, I think, would have brought a lot more marketing potential with uh, with more races being in America next year and you know ch- chance to grow the brand in, in, in America more but I, th- I think only you know Zach and the board know the reasons why they've gone for Piastri as opposed to I mean and anyone else whether that be Colton Herter or anyone else don't, don't know what you guys think you're talking sense Mark there's always a first <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, if they put Colton Herter in, I would have just been as equally as happy. Um, because you know I, equally as little about him. Yeah, but I would have, thought, <laughs> I would have seen, you know, like Mark says, there's the marketing opportunities for the US and everything else like that. Um, you know, with, but would he have performed? Would he have been race ready? Who knows? Um, I'm just going to chuck a, a flip side in here. We're talking about drivers, but equally as important is the car. Oh, the car. I remember that. That's the thing that the Daniel <laughs> Ricciardo fans seem to think is the only thing that's letting the team down. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> and do you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd agree with them if Lando wasn't performing, outperforming Dan all the time. Yeah. And if it was, you know, a, a couple of places here and there, fair <laughs> enough, but it's, you know, you see Lando going through the field and then Dan's stuck down in 17th, can't get out of a DRS train, whatever. I do think this car this year is a bit of a dog. It's a bit of a, sorry, uh, Fraggle, sorry for that again. Yeah, um, McLaren doggo but, won't like that. Maybe it's a puppy because it's still so young and it's, uh, yeah, but you know, it needs to, it needs to grow a bit, doesn't it? Year by yeah, year. this is definitely the development year of and training. And a lot, I think a lot of other teams are using this season, you know, none of us, none of us bar Red Bull and Max Verstappen are going to win the championship now. And, you know, kind of, there'll be a lot of experimentation going on. What can we put on for next year? What are we developing and everything else like that? And I just don't think the car has been great. I think last year's car was much better and much better balanced. But I also think there's so many issues that we've had with this. You go back to Bahrain where we had a car without brakes, um, you know. Yep. So we've yep. de- we've done well to develop it, but I just do not think that the concept or what we've built is great, and I don't think that's ha- helped Dan in his situation. However, if both drivers were struggling, then I would have a lot of sympathy, and I would think that Dan had been done really hard by. But the gaps are just massive, and he's just yep. not making the. The, the headway that he should be as somebody with so much experience in F1 
he should be able to at least outdrive some of the issues. Whereas Lando, who is still technically people look at as a bit of a rookie, even though it's his fourth year, is it in F one? Um, you know, the, the, the guy's third, actually isn't it? third, isn't it? I don't know. I can't remember. I thought it was his third year. Uh, four seasons. Jesus, where's season. the time gone? Yes. <laughs> um, Seventy-three races, four thousand odd yeah. laps. <sighs> so yeah, you know, podiums. So, there you go. So I, I think there's there's a bit of that in there too. So but maybe that demonstrates that Dan's possibly lost the hunger and why we're going for a much younger lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. Anyone else got anything to add on drivers and cars and some pieces like that? I, I just don't want another Maconda four years of development oh. in seasons. Yeah, sure. I, I'll be honest, I, I, I love this team, but I, I was not enjoying those years. No. Yeah, I mean, our support is non-wavering and it's not going anywhere, but it could feel nicer. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the point where you would be... But the, the you know the lone McLaren fans at a race, and yeah. people would come up to you and say, "I really feel for you guys," when you know yeah. you you've got a forty-eight place grid penalty to take, and you know six new engine in as many races at the beginning of the season. You're like kind of going, "This is not good," and everybody would say, "Oh, I'm sure you'll be back soon," and you know, look how hard it is to come back from the back, Williams. Few years ago, where Bottas and Massa in there were almost, you know, winning races and stuff like that. So it's it's not an easy thing, but yeah. There you go. And just speaking of cars and engines, I don't know if it's worth mentioning about there's some of the new players potentially coming into the engines, and now that Porsche and Red Bull have, have fallen out, maybe not us necessarily going going with Porsche. But do you think we'll talk about moving on from Mercedes at some point? I don't think we will until we get this car in the right place because if you change another variable, you're just your cocktail is all different flavors all mixed together. I, I would say I can't see us taking that risk again, like we did with Honda with a new player. Um, the Mercedes engine hasn't been as good as it was last year, so maybe if we get another season like like this year, perhaps. Hmm. All I would say on that is that. Mercedes HPP are a force of nature and look what they've managed to do in the past. I'm pretty sure they'll get back up there for next season. That's my feeling, my gut feel. Yeah. 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 Shall we talk about the races? We just Yeah, there were some races, yeah. 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 So we've had um Spa and Monza, two of two of my favourite tracks, um, since the last and- podcast. We had the Dutch race as well. Oh yeah, we had the Zandvoort. Yes, well remembered. Triple uh, header. Triple, triple header. headers that were never going to happen apart from that time in COVID. One one off yeah. triple header. And now, yeah. now there's quite a big gap till Singapore, so people can hopefully recover. Yes. <laughs> um, it's it's been a bit of a mixed bag for us. I think we looked strong in Monza, and hopefully we can continue that on. We did say that it wouldn't be a track that suited us as well as last year, but I thought we looked pretty strong and good for us in our car. Yeah. Not so much in Zanfort and certainly 
Um, Spa wasn't particularly great either. But, um, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things for me. I think certainly the car is getting slightly better every now and then. I don't think we're... Every now and then. I like that. (laughs) Well, yeah. I think there's some tracks that suit us and some tracks that don't. And I think sometimes we we nail the setup and do all right. And then I think other times we're probably struggling to get the right setup for that track. Um, Yep. um, I mean, Holland, when we went into Dutch Grand Prix, practice one it was looking lightning. We were like fourth yeah. and fifth on practice one. And I was like, this is going to be a great weekend. Um, and then we kind of went backwards a little bit. Are we, are we the team that keeps our engines turned up while everybody's has got theirs turned down in, in the practices? <laughs> and then sort of when it comes to qualifying, we're like, ooh. Oh <laughs> yeah. It does feel like sometimes we put in a glory lap and we all go, ooh. Oh, it's looking good. And then, oh. <laughs> was, it, was it Belgian on FP3 where Lando was like fourth and yeah. then just nowhere in quality? Yeah. Mm. It's like, oh, that was so close. If, I, if only it had been an hour later, two hours later. Just teasing. The less said about Spa, the better, really. Both of us yeah. out of point. Yeah. And obviously, we've got Singapore next, which is twisty, turny. Um, very interesting to see how any of the new cars might conk out in the heat, yeah. the humidity. Mean, this yeah. is a this is a grueling circuit for the cars, and you know we haven't been there for a couple of years, have we? So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested to see what reliability issues might surface with anybody. Yeah, I, I think there's a good chance of that. Um, hopefully not us, given that we've just had one this weekend. So, so- fingers crossed. I mean, this weekend we were actually looking pretty good. Yeah. Um, Dan got brought in a, a bit earlier than his strategy to cover off Gasly, I think. He yeah. got brought in the lap after, and that kind of just bumped him down eventually, unfortunately. And Lando took those medium tyres f- forever. Um, I didn't see any pre-race strategy that said do medium softs. It was all um, soft to hard or medium to hard. It was, yeah, that, that, that was a drive. Yeah. yeah, and uh, if we uh, hadn't have had the safety car at the end, we could have just been maybe a one higher, you know? Yeah. Here's a quick one, quick poll, right? Should we have some new rules on the safety car for the last five laps, for instance, of a race? No? I think they actually followed the rules this time, did, whereas last time they right. didn't. Uh, Andy, um, you asked however, the question beautifully. Yeah, he did. However, my worries were, why were the cars going by a load of marshals standing next to Daniel Ricciardo's car with a recovery vehicle about a metre from the track on a thin area when they could have, you know, we know what's happened in the past with a car hitting that. Surely, if it's on a thin part of the track like that, that's your reason for a red flag. Not, oh, should we make it more exciting at the end? Ha, ha, ha. Your red flag should be about safety, yeah? Yeah. I, I think there should be um, not like the red flags that we get normally, like where you, they go, oh, I can go Pink flag toilet. maybe. Yeah, not quite. And go to the toilet and you get a 10 minute one or something, maybe like, you know, right, we've got the cherry picker on the track. We're going to line you all up in the pit lane, come back out, do a formation lap when it's off, and then we'll do a race start and finish the race from there. 
because like you, Sarah, I think having even as people have said on Twitter and everything else, oh, but, you know, they're going quite slowly. I don't care. There's a really, there's a, you know, a big, big sort of planned vehicle on the track that if somebody hits, somebody does a, you know, Ericsson hit me thing or, you know, somebody loses something or there's oil on the track or anything like that and you spin into it, it's, yeah. it's you know, fingers crossed, it's not going to be pleasant. Hopefully not fatal, but it's not going to be pleasant. And you don't want to be sitting there going, oh, look, the halo saved somebody again because it shouldn't have to get to even that point, really. If, if there's that danger, red flag it. But the end of that race, if there wasn't for that track on uh, on that tra- truck on the track, uh, if it wasn't danger, then it shouldn't have been red flag because the rules don't allow for that. And I had this debate at work with a few people who are um, they're, they're recent fans, thanks to a few TV shows they've got into into Formula One, and they're like, "Oh, but for the entertainment, we should just red flag it and had a five lap sprint." It's a sport. It's not entertainment. Entertainment. You don't, you don't finish a football match nil nil and say, "Let's do penalties just so we have some entertainment." Like if if um, Max Verstappen is thirty seconds ahead of of um, Ch- uh, Charles. I don't want that to be artificially created a race for the last five laps. Max has earned that 30-second lead. He's earned the dominant win. Let him celebrate it. Um, it's sport. Sport might have boring days. Sport might have really, really bad races, and it might have really uninteresting races. But that makes you appreciate the better ones more. Uh, it's a roller coaster. It's, it's not entertainment. We don't follow a, a TV series. We, we don't follow some kind of Make believe scenario. We follow a sport, and it is a roller coaster. Yes. Do you ever remember, like about ten years ago, Bernie Eccleston suggested that the tra- all the tracks are wet for every yes. single. That's all. That's that's kind of the same madness and idea yes. as, as that would be. So, thankfully, we, we moved on from him. Yeah. Right. Well, that's pretty much it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, we'll be back after the Singapore and Japan um, races. Uh, Sarah, I believe that you have some new products. I do. This is my Daniel Ricardo Shuri keyring with his uh, little bottle of champagne there. Look, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah. Get them while he's still in the car. I have <laughs> got a Carlos one, which I know is not McLaren, but we still like him really because he was ours and he didn't do anything bad whilst he was with us. Um. And yeah, and a, a nice Lewis one as well, with which you can't see very well in the light. I now notice that Lewis's shiny it. helmet, excellent. It is Lewis's very shiny helmet, yes. Um, so yes, and remember, people, the Google wheels are still available. The coolest thing ever. Get your Google wheel. Thank you very right. much. I will tweet. Okay, yeah, Sarah, put a link up there once again. Thanks for joining us, and uh, uh, we'll speak to you all uh, the next couple of races. Thank you.